Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Petropolis podcast. We are continuing Cat University with Dr. Rachel Geller. Today's episode is about, okay, we were discussing this, and it's about people that are stupid. No, I shouldn't say that. It's about punishing cats and why you shouldn't. Um, and what you're doing may be causing more problems than fixing your issue. So we're going to jump on this right now and stop you from using spray bottles and coin uh, uh, jars with coins in it and booping your kitty on the nose. Um, we're going to get you on the right path so your cat is not tortured by your stupidity as a human being and you get an understanding of what their needs are and why they are damaging your environment. It could be your fault. Actually, it always is. So, hi, Rachel. How are you? Hi. I mean, I don't even know what to do with an introduction like that, but that was terrific. <laughs> very, very forthright and to the point, which actually I, I appreciate because I think a lot of people do use discipline and use punishments on their cats. I mean, this is a common theme that I get as a cat behaviorist. Somebody will write into me and say, I've told a cat not to do that. I yell at the cat when she does that. I, you know, the spray bottles, as you mentioned, and you know what? A spray bottle may work in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yelling at your cat may work in the moment, but it's not going to retrain your cat to have the behavior that you find acceptable. So the techniques I'm gonna go through with you today are positive, methods of retraining. So if you get nothing out of this podcast, remember that your cat needs a reason to like her new behavior. She needs a reason to do the behavior you want. So the behavior she's doing, it may, it's not to be bad. It's not to be vindictive. It's not out of spite. In her mind, it's perfectly normal cat behavior. Now note, I'm not saying this behavior may be acceptable to you, but in her mind is perfectly normal cat behavior. So we need to figure out if we're gonna take something away from the cat or we want the cat to do something differently, how to make the new behavior as equally enticing and appealing, maybe even more enticing and appealing than the behavior you don't want. And we have to reward the cat and give her a reason for this behavior. So. Um, if you want to really teach your cat to maintain this new behavior, we need to use positive methods. Okay, so a lot of bad behavior, and I'm putting quotation marks in here, is caused because of boredom. You know, pet owners, cat owners forget that they have to play with their cats. And then when you have single cat households or cats that want to be the only cats, it's up to the pet owner to entertain that cat. I mean, you need to be the Broadway show for that cat. <laughs> this is very true. Yes. Yeah. This is a really good point. I mean, if the only stimulation your cat is getting in her life is your ankles when you walk by, she's going to go after your ankles. If the only stimulation your cat gets in her life is jumping up on your shelves and knocking things over, she's going to do that. But to say to your cat, to yell at your cat, say, don't do this bad cat, isn't going to work because as you just pointed out, your cat is probably bored. 
your cat needs stimulation and all of this in your cat's mind is completely normal and reasonable cat behavior. I'm not getting any opportunities for play. I'm not getting opportunities to capture. I'm not getting opportunities to hunt and stalk. So there go those ankles or there are those figurines on the shelf. So um, <laughs> if we want to teach our cats not to go after our ankles or not to go um, on shelves knocking things off, we need to do what's called interactive play with our cats. And I always say interactive play instead of just play because taking that big basket of toys you have sitting in your living room and every once in a while dumping, dumping them onto the floor, that is not play, okay? When you throw a solo toy on the floor, your cat needs to be both the predator and the prey. And that is not very realistic for a cat. That's not going to replicate what her life would be should she be outside. So we need to use a fishing pole type toy. We want to engage with the cat and we want to move the toy like prey. So what do I mean by that? We're not going to dangle the toy wildly in the cat's face. That's not very realistic and no prey would ever do that. Okay, we're going to add like prey. <laughs> we are going to... Sometimes we're high, sometimes we're low, sometimes we're slithering around furniture, sometimes we're hiding underneath things. Think about how prey would really act. Um, but during the game, and here's the most important piece, make sure you give your cat multiple captures. It's the captures that, that provide that sense of satisfaction for the cat. It's the captures that provide the reward, the captures that make the cat feel good. The captures release all those feel-good chemicals in her brain. And when this happens, this is her reward, her positive retraining for playing in an acceptable and appropriate way, rather than some of these ways that cats may act out out of boredom. Now to make it a perfect play experience, after a nice final juicy capture, we're gonna give that cat some food. It can be just a couple of treats. It can be a little portion of the meal, but this will simulate the feast after the hunt. This will simulate the catch and kill. So to make play realistic and to make play satisfying and to stop that cat from finding other ways to get that feeling of satisfaction and capture, we need to wind the game down, pretend the prey dies, let the cat really get it, and then follow that with a little bit of food. Now what we've just done is we placed your cat into her totally natural hunt eat, relax cycle. And guess what? We've done all this positive training. We've done all this behavior modification. We've, teach, we've given your cat a reason to, you, to engage in this behavior rather than destructive behavior because she's getting attention with you, captures, feeling great, treats when she doesn't do the unacceptable behavior. And through all of this, you guys are just having fun. Couldn't be any better. It's a win-win all the way around. I got to say, when people say that um, they yell at their cats, they tell them to stop, you're giving attention to that behavior. I, I mean, I notice that whenever my, whenever I'm doing an episode, one of my cats, my dandelion, likes to go and try to open the cabinets. And I don't even, I don't say anything anymore because if I say something, she's like, oh, I got her attention. Cool. I'm going to keep doing this. So that commentary stop it. Don't do that. I told you to not do that. That 
back and forth. Your cat's like, cool, I got their attention. Now let's see what else I can do to get them to come here and play with me. So I always, I always, I always ignore my cats when they're being jerks. Like, you play. Yeah. And, and, even, and even worse, if somebody really raises their voice, that's just going to confuse the cats. Because as I've really pointed out, they're not purposely trying to be bad. They're doing something in their little cat world that makes perfect sense. So if you really yell at the cat, you're just going to confuse the cat. And you know what? Words like no, you know, good, whatever we might use, um, your cat is going to have a very difficult time making that association because she's typically doing something that's in her instinct to do. But beyond that, there are probably other times you're using the word good or nice or no, or other people are using those words. So it's not gonna be consistent. It's not gonna work. There's no way your cat can ever make any type of connection around that. So um, positive methods of retraining are really the only way to um, get your cat to do the behavior you want to do and to stop doing the behavior that you don't want the cat to do. And another really terrific way of this is uh, clicker training. Um, it's very easy to learn. All you need, you know, you can buy a clicker at any pet supply store or online. And the great thing about clicker training is it really allows you to capture the behavior you want to reward in the moment. So when your cat's doing the behavior that you want, you, all you need to do, it's, it's very simple. You, you, people think, oh, I need to learn clicker training. It's really not that complicated. You simply click and give a treat. So when your cat is doing something that you want, so like, let's say your cat is biting or hissing or growling at another cat. When the cat doesn't do that, if the cat's in proximity of the other cat and there's no hissing going on or no growling going on, maybe you're in the middle of an introduction, click and treat whenever you see that positive behavior. And it won't take long for that cat to make the connection between the food and the good behavior. And we are talking about animals who operate on instinct. And so food is a much more powerful motivating factor than saying no or a spray bottle or some other human oriented method. Talking about food, when we have, I have a lot of clients that have, that come in and tell me their cats are picky eaters. And one of the things that I always say is play with them beforehand because it makes them feel like, you know, they got that kill and now they're going to eat it. What do you think about that? I think that you are 100% on, on target. So a cat's natural way to eat is to hunt, stalk, you know, watch what the prey is doing. And when the time is right, pounce on that prey and then, um, and then eat the prey. So, you know, mm -hmm. the cat... What the cat in its natural environment is not looking at shelves and shelves of, um, oh, do I want shrimp and liver tonight or would I prefer <laughs> pate over cuts? So, you know, we, we sort of have created a problem where there's so much variety and, and, and of food and then it's coupled with the cat doesn't have to do anything to get the food. It's just presented to the cat. So yes, if you um, trigger that prey drive, a cat would always rather go after the prey and, and um, eat his food at the end of a hunt than to just have some food placed down for him. This, this is 
cats are natural born hunters and they need to exercise those hunting muscles regularly. And not only that, um, if, the, if the cat is getting exercise through play before the cat eats his meal, you also don't have to worry as much about obesity, um, which leads to all kinds of health problems for your cat. So um, play is just a very natural way to have, for a cat to live her life. And I do, you know, I understand that you can't always be playing with your cash. Right. But really, when I talk to clients about play, I'm really saying to people, I want you to do two 15-minute sessions of interactive play with a fishing pole type toy per day. And I, I can't believe that there's anyone out there who doesn't have time to do two 15-minute sessions of play with their cats. We're talking about 30 minutes total. Um, you know, I, I think that everybody can manage that. And there, you know, you can multitask. Mm -hmm. um, you can certainly hold a fishing pole type toy in one hand and your iPhone in the other and make some phone calls. Um, one, I, I know I, people that sit on the toilet and do it. I mean, I got to tell you, they get the cats in and out of the tub. Um, yeah, that's I terrific. <laughs> Whatever works, because what, what you said is 100% correct. Our cats will eat healthier. My brother. He's going to love that. But <laughs> I our love cats, cats. Will, you know, will be healthier mentally, physically, and emotionally if their food is tied to play. I mean, it's just a terrific way to do it. So typically a lot of people feed their cats wet food in the morning and the evening mm -hmm. anyway. So that's a perfect time right there to get in your play sessions. Um, and then puzzle feeders, Mm -hmm. left out during the day. Environmental enrichment in general um, is a great way to prevent cat behavior problems because a busy cat is a cat who's not poking into the things that you don't want her to be doing, right? A busy cat's not gonna be looking for things to do on your um, tables or on your shelving or um, you know whatever might be happening in your house that you don't want your cat to do that you are punishing the cat for. A busy cat, a cat who's focused on a task is going to do that rather than any type of destructive or inappropriate behavior. So interactive play, puzzle feeders, these are all terrific ways and they all work in a positive way by tapping into your cat's natural cycles. Okay, so a lot of people have been working from home and they're home with their cats and the cats, they're not giving the attention to the cats. They figure they're home. So they're seeing their cats either bored or behaving badly. You know, it's like girls gone wild, you know, <laughs> that's, what I, that's how I see these cats. When, when I've been working for the days I work from home, my cats are the most psycho. And honestly, I want to kill them, but I don't. I have my dubbered toys and I walk around the house pulling the feathers. I mean, I, I look like a crazy person, but I'm constantly playing with these idiots of mine. And sometimes they still do crappy stuff. You know, one of my cats likes to throw everything in the sink that's on the counter, every vitamin bottle. He knocks it one after and then looks at me. So 
I'm not going to go booping him on the nose, right? But I'm not going to go booping him on the nose or anything. I hate when people do that crap. But what do I do then? That is a great question. Psychopath. You're not the only one. If that makes you feel any better, a lot of people working from home are having this problem. And as you, you know, touched on before, even though you're home, um, the cat can still be bored, right? We might think, well, gee, we're keeping you company, but that cat still wants some type of active stimulation. So here's what we do. And we're going to now tie in um, positive retraining, positive reinforcement, and the play. So your cat's, say your cat's knocking things over. When you hear the knocking or you sense it, I mean, a lot of people say, uh, they know they know when their cat's going to do it. The cat gets to look in the eye. The cat jumps <laughs> on the counter. A lot of people will know. I know the triggers. I know the situation before something's going to happen. So we usually know what behaviors look, tail twitching, whatever precipitate. Okay, we are going to um, preempt that behavior. So we know the cat's about to knock something off the counter or into the sink. What we're going to do immediately is distract that cat with a toy. And I like something that makes a noise. You're going to throw a crinkly mylar ball. You're going to throw one of those things that you shake and it sounds like there's rice or something inside. Mm -hmm. Throw a toy that makes a noise, has a motion, create some kind of sound and throw that toy away from the area where the cat is about to engage in the unacceptable. Oh, behavior. don't throw it at the cat. You know, don't throw it at the cat. <laughs> throw it away because you would be surprised what people think. Um, and again, you know, we always want to trigger the prey drive and we want to simulate prey. And again, there aren't too many preys that are going to jump right into the cat's face. So we're going to toss the toy away from the cat. Now, Okay, I've been throwing ping pong balls at my cat. <laughs> <laughs> We're throw the ping pong balls away from your cat. I like the ping pong ball idea, though. That's a, that's a good toy because when they bounce, they make all kinds of noise. Yeah, they love it. <laughs> they love it, yes. But what we want to do, so when your cat is doing that pushing stuff and whatever, your cat's anxious, your cat's tense. When we trigger the prey drive, we shift that cat out of that anxious mode, out of that tense mode, and into the positive mode of a hunter. All cats would rather be in that hunter mode and all cats would rather go after the prey. So we shift the cat out of the anxious mode into the hunter mode. And now we launch into our interactive play session. Now it doesn't have to be as long as the 15 minutes one. We could do a little short, little impromptu, teeny little session, few captures food. But now we've taught that cat that there's a reason not to engage in that behavior because when he does it, he's getting your attention in a positive way, he's getting playtime, he's getting captured, he's getting treats. So interactive play is always going to be more positive than you know that kind of shoving things on the counter. He's not getting the food after, he's not getting into that cycle he wants to get into, we're not capturing anything. So we shift the cat out of anxiety into the positive mode quick little play session, food, your stuff remains safe, your cat releases all that tension, it all works out. So, okay, so and if you aren't, aren't we aren't we triggering that cat to use that mechanism of knocking things over as uh, the sign as as them telling us to play with them or 
that's or over time that sort of thought pattern changes for the cat they'll just come and look at you to play as opposed to i'm going to knock all the vitamin bottles off the counter and see what you do yeah um, think of it as kind of wiping that slate clean and mm-hmm. starting fresh so we're we're teaching the cats that when um they get playtime captures and food so when he knocks something off the counter, he doesn't get the food, and he never gets into that feel-good, relaxing, contentment cycle. He's just never getting what he wants. When he does the play, he's getting everything he wants. So okay. once the I kid realizes that. Okay, so he like, has to actually go after the toy that you threw. Correct. And if he correct. doesn't do that, you're not going to respond to that behavior. Correct. You might have to throw another toy. You might have to improvise and kind of inch him over there a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes um, we have to little, it's like when you were a little kid and your dad let you win the game. Sometimes we have right. to give a little bit of help along the way. But once we get yeah. the cat yeah. into that pattern, then we're on our way to really retraining the cat in a positive way. And that's what we want to do. Okay, so some of us have really smart cats and really dumb cats, <laughs> and I have to categorize them this way because I love them. Um, but what if, like, I have a super smart cat who does this, and she'll look at me like, wait, are, are you seriously thinking I'm going to go play because all of a sudden you threw the ball away from me? I, I, I think if I didn't throw the balls at her, which is what I've been doing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she would probably enjoy it more and go after because her ping pong her ping pong balls are yeah, it's like uh, birds with their eggs. So um, what if you have really dumb cats who just make a mess and you have to literally put him in front of the toy and say, here, come play with this. How, how often do we do that? How many times do we have to do that to get him to stop being such shitheads? Because they are. So for the cat who is like with the ping pong balls, so Smart I would suggest um, trying a whole different toy because okay. now he has a certain association with those. So try something different. So if, as long as he sees it's not that toy again, you could probably get him to venture after it. So for some cats, the more you know, reticent cats, they're not come, catching up with the program so quickly. Uh, sometimes I'll say to people, try putting a little catnip on this, on the bottom of the toy to sort of entice the cat along a little bit more. Mm. Um, I find catnip can really help to trigger that prey drive and make something seem a little more exciting and enticing. Um, you could even spray a little comfort zone right. or feel away spray to sort of make the cat feel comfortable and want to approach that toy. You can even use a little cat grass on there too. So those are three good options that I find can usually sort of stimulate the cat and and have her think, oh, I haven't seen this before. This is something different. So with your ping pong example, your cat sort of, the gig is up, right? She kind of knows what's going on. But um, but you can definitely try something new mm-hmm. and something exciting. And typically that will do the trick. And if you think about it, it's not that different than us, right? Like we don't always want to play with the exact same toys, the exact same way all the time, whether you know, we want to get a new car, we want to get a new big TV, or we want a new pair of shoes, whatever it is, right? I mean, we like to switch things up too. So it's, it's the same for your cat. Um, yeah. Let me ask you where, what happens when we spray the cat with 
you know, the water bottle, when, if we want to stop them from do, doing something, how does, what is the cat thinking when they're getting sprayed with that water bottle or when someone shakes, you know, a can of coins, that abrupt noise um, or the air, you know, the, you know, the big blast yeah. of air that you put yeah. on counters if you don't want cat, cats to go in certain areas. What happens to the way they, they think about the situation and what are we doing to them? in those situations? How, are, are we causing them to regress? What are we doing to them by using these other methods? That's a good question. And I, I actually want to preface the answer by saying, you know, if you're somebody who works, if you're li listening to this and you work in a shelter and you have very fractious cats or you're fostering, I mean, the only times I would ever advocate for using those methods is for safety. If you really think that you were going to get attacked, you've gotten yourself in some situation, you've taken on a cat you really can't handle, you work in a shelter and it says, experience volunteers only and you think you can do it and you have just made a mistake. That's the only time, you know, for safety, if you're going to get hurt, um, that's the only time that you'd ever wanna use something like that. Having said that, when you use a spray bottle or something that's going to, um, something that you're doing to the cat, the, the, biggest, um, the biggest downside to that is that it's going to really ruin the relationship you have with your cat. Because as I said before, most times cats aren't doing things on purpose to irritate you. They're not trying to be mean to you. They're not trying to do something out of spite or revenge. They're not knocking something off your counter because they're mad that you went on vacation. There's, there's always a reason that cats do certain things, but I want to assure everything that spite and revenge are um, emotions we humans can probably call our very own. Cats don't do things on purpose to harm us. So if they're doing something in their mind as a feline, makes perfectly good sense. It might have to do with their territory or they feel threatened or they're bored. As you pointed out, that's a big problem. Um, and then you spray them in the face with a spray bottle. All that's going to do is confuse the cat. She's not going to understand why her beloved owner is doing such a thing. And it can really harm the relationship between, between you and your cat. Your cat will have difficulty trusting you and your cat will have difficulty bonding with you if you use methods that scare the cat consistently. So if you're, if you're having a problem and you always are using that spray bottle, you're gonna keep using that spray bottle because A, the cat's not gonna understand what that spray bottle means in relation to some natural behavior that she's doing. And B, it's going to cause that cat to not want to believe in you and to trust you. And this is why positive methods is just so much better. They may take a little more time but the more that cat sees that you understand him, the better things are going to be. Hmm. So you, they lose trust and then you have to gain that trust. That's even more work. That's right. even more work. I mean, that's, that's a, a lot of, um, you know, the best way to build a bond and the best way to build trust with a cat is with interactive play sessions because when the cat is experiencing all these positive feelings, you know, the captures, the chemicals in his brain, boosting confidence, 
you know, getting, capturing the prey. She's feeling like queen of her territory or king of his castle. And you're right there, you're holding the pole. Mm -hmm. So you are part of this whole experience. And so it creates extremely positive associations between you and the cat. So not only are you teaching your cat positive behavior, retraining your cat, but your cat's gonna love you more because you're part of this really super duper experience. And, you know, we humans do this a lot too. A lot of people will say, you know, they can remember what song was on the radio when something really great happened to them, or they remember where they were where something bad happened to them. You know, we're the same way. And that can stay with us for a very long time. And cats are the, are the same way. When we build these positive associations, they're there. Um, they're not going to go anywhere. So that's the way we want to approach any type of um, negative or inappropriate behaviors that, you know, we as humans see unacceptable because it, to the cat, it's acceptable. So we need to work within the cat's world and, and think like a cat, not like a person to solve these problems. Okay, another question. <clears throat> so we got the spray bottle, you're the owner is physically handling the spray bottle or the jar of coins, the owner's physically handling it and the cat sees it. But then those sprayers, those air, you know, those air blast sprayers that you put on the counter, you have no association with that. It's there, you could be, not, you could not even be home or you could be in the shower and the cat gets sprayed with that big puff of scary air. How, is it, how does the cat associate that with the owner? I just want pet owners to understand the animal's response to this and how they, how it triggers them to respond to the pet owner, to their parent. Um, what is it to, does that also reduce the trust factor or does that just put fear into that cat's mind and they want to go back and rediscover and see what they, what's going on? I mean, just, depends on the type of cat also they're all so different and individual right yeah yeah but you know blanket kind of broad view um so you know maybe if if you have something that's going off and you're at home and you know there's a lot of deterrents that do that but it's going to still have the cat create negative associations then with her environment or her home and this can cause the biggest problem with that is it can cause litter box problems so Wow. Cats are often, they feel very vulnerable when they're in the litter boxes. Um, cats are always aware of potential invaders or opponents when they're in the litter boxes. And these invaders or opponents can be real or imagined. So if the cat is always, you know, going into the, strolling by the kitchen and hearing this hiss sound or noise, and after a while, the cat's gonna think, you know, this house is kind of a scary place. She may be a little afraid to go into that litter box and um, be in a vulnerable compromised position. So often cats will go outside the box because then it makes the potential for escape much easier. She doesn't have to jump over any sides. She's already, you know, on flat surface and can scoot away. So cats who are afraid, um, and feel threatened will often have litter box issues. So another reason, you know, to do positive retraining. Wow, that and is actually, brilliant, you can, thank you for that. Yeah, so it's so important. I'm glad you asked that question because, um, you know, things can be used, like I said, short-term in an emergency, 
but you don't want that to be your whole method of, of retraining a cat that's doing something unacceptable. You really want to do positive methods. And you know, you can use interactive play. If the cat's not using the box for some other reason, you know, it's not going to work if you're scaring the cat every day. But if you just have a cat who's having litter box aversion, maybe the cat is nervous, maybe it's a new cat in the home, you can even create new positive associations with the litter box by doing interactive play sessions in the area where the litter box is. So it's such a powerful behavior modification tool. I think a lot of times um, when we say play, we don't realize how powerful it is because as adults, we think of play as something a toddler does. You know, we don't, but with cats, it's a very high level method to create positive associations and to make that cat feel happy. New York City sirens. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm keeping that in there. <laughs> I love my sirens. Um, that's, that is such good information to have because those things, people, if I get three or four requests per week at my store for those air puffers, I, I just never associated that with litter box problems. And now that I think about it, one of my cats stopped urinating in the litter box when the toilet ran multiple times it was running while he was in there and it was always yes. my bootsy my little guy but he's not that little but it was always him so he started peeing outside the box and i said okay i put a wee pad out and put a litter box next to it he goes on a wee pad now but he won't urinate in the litter box anymore and yeah you know, i'm I have no problems with it. He'll urinate on his wee pad. Yeah. That's yeah, right that's interesting. Yeah. People have the same problem too when they put the boxes in maybe a basement like near the laundry room. Oh, yeah. And if those laundry noises come on when the cat is in the box, the um, she may not want to ever use that box again. So yeah. So imagine, imagine if you're going to the bathroom and someone bursts in or the door <laughs> just all of a sudden pops open. Oh my God, you'd have nightmares about peeing in the future. <laughs> right, right. I mean, some of the things that we, ex you know, we expect our cats to deal with if it happened to us, we'd be calling the police. So right. yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, we really have to think about, you know, the whole cat's world, right? Cat behavior doesn't happen in a vacuum. So you can't threaten your cat in one room and then expect your cat to feel non-threatened, you know, 50 yeah. feet away, right? So, okay. yeah. So tell me about um, physical punishment. I'm not going to go to the hitting part because those people I'm going to kill. You know, those, if I see any of that, I mean, and you don't, unfortunately, because it's behind closed doors, but booping on the nose, and I hear it from people, you know, I just boop my cat on the nose when she's being bad. Boop. It's almost cute. And then you see it all over social media. Boop. Tuesday, boop, and it's like, I'm, my attitude is, oh, screw this, but screw the booping. What is this crap? I yeah, so that to my cats. I think people do that because the mom cats, you know, when their cats are kittens, um, she communicates various things by booping the kittens, um, for lack of a better term, since we're using the term boop, but everyone knows what we mean. And, and kittens accept that from their mother cat. And there's a certain way the mother cat does that. And there are certain scents that she uses and there are certain touch that she uses. And cats um, use a lot of nonverbal communication between each other. We humans 
have none of that when we boop a cat on the nose. So we should never do anything physical um, to a cat because that cat with something like that coming from us is just going to be seen as a physical punishment. So I know it, people don't put it into the same category and I wouldn't either because they're doing it with good intent um, of hitting a cat or really abusing a cat. But don't the, the nose booping will not work. It's gonna fall into the same category of everything else. It's gonna make the cat afraid of you, not trust you, He's gonna really think like, you know, why is this person, why is my person who I love harming me? Why is the person who I love scaring me? So we don't wanna do that type of stuff to um, our cats, no matter how um, innocuous it might seem because mom cats do that with their kittens. It's completely inappropriate for humans to do that, you know, to a cat. So, you know, again, anything that's negative, anything that's physical, the cat typically isn't going to make that connection when they're doing something that for the cat is, is normal in that cat's world. So always, 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 we're gonna bring it back to um, positive, positive, positive retraining, um, using interactive play, shifting out of that negative mode, shifting out of the bad behavior, pointing the cat towards the behavior you want, and then rewarding them with the capture and the food. So. It's, it's really, it sounds so simple, but it makes a huge difference in your cat's life. Scruffing. Let's talk about scruffing the cats. Out of, unless it's a moment where there's danger, I generally, I always think that scruffing is a bad way to go with the cats. Yeah, I agree. Um, but people do it just to get them away from if they're on the table or if they jump on the table with, and I know the, it's not with bad intention, but they just do it without thinking twice about how they're affecting that cat. Right. To me, that's punishment, but I'm a cat person. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an animal person. I'm, so any animal, you have to think, respect why they're doing certain things and work with them instead of against them. Exactly. What, what does this scruffing do to the cat? And how yeah, so, you- yeah. so again, I mean, it, a lot of people think that because the mother cat does this to her kittens, it's okay for humans to do this um, with, with cats in our home. It's kind of hard um, to do. I mean, I have a 15 pound cat. If I scruffed him, I mean, <laughs> my nails would probably break, but uh, it, it's just, I can do it. But the thought of doing that to him, I just don't understand what I'm going to get out of it. If I scruff him and putting, put him down in a harsh way. Yes. Which yeah, I know people do. Yeah. So people do it. And you know, if you, if you're in a situation where you need to take control of the cat for some reason, always better to use a blanket. Um, instead of scruffing the cat, a blanket, a towel, um, a small quilt, anything like that will work. Um, and wrap the cat up so that only the cat's head is, is showing. So, you know, it can have the paws in, the, I call it a kitty burrito. Mm-hmm. You'll have the paws in there. Um, this way you, whatever the, the situation is, you know, for some reason you're, you think you're in danger or you think the cat's out of control, whatever it is, whatever whatever was going to cause you to scruff, instead use a small towel, a blanket, a quilt, um, you know, even a a fleece jacket. Um, 
anything like that. Because first of all, the cat will feel more safe and secure in something cozy around her body and kind of tight. Um, when you scruff a cat, you are taking control of that cat and you're doing something kind of scary. But cats actually are okay with being in small, tight spaces. They find that comforting. So if rather than scruffing, you, you enclose that cat in a, small, in a soft um, blanket or towel, you're getting the same result. You're keeping yourself safe. The cat's not gonna be able to get you with her, her claws um, in that towel. But you're also, rather than inciting more fear, you're helping her calm down and feel a little more secure. So a lot of times when cats do something, they bite, they scratch, it's because they feel threatened or they're scared. They're typically, most times they're not being aggressive. They're afraid, they feel threatened, they're terrified. And again, they're responding as a way a cat does. So it's normal, as I said, it may not be acceptable. We don't wanna get bitten or scratched, but the cat's not doing it to be bad. The cat's reacting in a normal cat way. We have to understand the cats, as much as they share many of our human qualities, they are not human. So sometimes we have to think about the world from a cat perspective. So wrapping them very tight in a, a blanket or a towel will, will give you the safety, give you control of the situation if you're feeling yourself in, in danger, but the cat, rather than feeling, you know, smushed or controlled, is going to feel secure and safe while at the same time you are feeling safe. So it's a very different feeling for a cat. Cats actually like being in small, tight spaces. And anybody who's ever left a box out, you know, knows this. They'll they'll on their own gravitate to teeny tiny spots and squish themselves into it. So you're actually tapping in again to a cat's something a cat would like when he feels a need to feel secure and safe. And you're safe, the cat's not gonna freak out. Um, and again, you know, the other thing too is a lot of people aren't strong enough. Like you were mentioning, you have a big cat. You know, you may be able to scruff a cat for a couple seconds, but if that cat is struggling, it's not gonna last too long and that could really end badly. But with the towel, you, ha you have a lot more control and you don't have to be that strong to hold on to the towel. Or if you want to get your cat off a surface that you don't think they should be on, that they shouldn't be on, just get up and gently move them. You, oh, yeah. It, most of them, you know, if you throw a toy. Yeah. Most, most cats, if you do the technique I did and you're consistent with it and the cat learns that when that toy is thrown, they're going to get a little play session to capture in a food. It's not going to take long for that cat to get with the program. Cats are smart. Cats want to. Be stimulated. Cat want cats want to hunt. Cats want to capture. Um, it's it's not going to take long for your cat to realize that. Hmm. Now that I think about it, when I do this behavior, I get all these positive things as as, a, as opposed to when I was doing that behavior. I just got a bunch of anxiety and nothing else. The cat will learn very quickly because cats, um, like us. We prefer to engage in positive experiences than negative experiences. The, the, the cat will catch on. You need to be consistent and you need to give it a little bit of time. If this problem's been going on for three years, we're not going to solve it overnight. So give it right. a little bit of time, but the cat will absolutely um, learn to in, engage in positive behavior over negative behavior with that play therapy. And that feeling of anxiety not existing is a huge part of that. 
if they're not feeling anxious, they're not going to go into that space where they were actually displaying their anxiety. To exactly, you. So exactly. Way. Exactly. Once you get on that schedule, regular schedule of interactive play, they're not going to have that pent up stress. They're not going to have that pent up anxiety. So they're not going to have that need to do that stuff that you don't like. So once you get that pattern broken and you're on a regular schedule of the interactive play, you're providing puzzle features, you're providing interactive toys, your cat's busy, your cat's accomplishing tasks, you're going to be fine. Okay. I'm going to ask a really weird dumb question oh how do i ask this okay kissing your kitties <laughs> Some cats, that is punishment <laughs> I mean, some cats just don't like being kissed and they look at that like are you kidding did you just kiss me on the face or on the head or on the belly so i i had a friend whose cat would smack her on the head every time she went and kissed him. And I kept saying, stop kissing him. He's telling you to stop. I mean, he would have his claws out and bam, smack her. And she just kept doing it. <laughs> Finally, the cat started running away from her. And I, and it's so funny, we're talking about this. I thought, my God, that cat thought that was a punishment. <laughs> Not, it wasn't anything positive. This seems like such a simple question to answer. If your cat doesn't like it, just stop doing it. <laughs> I mean, I have places I don't like to be touched either. I have things I don't like either. I mean, you know, if your cat, hey, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I know people who do crazy things to their cats and their cats love it. I have a cat right now. I kiss her on the head and she sits there purring. I've had cats, if I try to do that, they would, um, you know, give me a little whack. So if your mm -hmm. cat doesn't like being touched in a certain way, whether it's a kiss or whether it's touching the cat's tail or the cat's belly, respect your cat and just don't do that. I mean, if somebody kept touching me in a place I didn't want, and I kept saying, I don't like that. And the person kept doing it and doing it, doing it. I really? think that would, yeah, I, that would not be a person I would want as a friend in my life anymore. So, you know, think about what you're doing to your cat. I mean, your cat's, Letting you know, cats are amazing communicators. Your, this person's cat is telling her, I don't particularly like that. So the polite and considerate approach to this is to say, okay, um, I'll find another way to sh show you um, my affection. And that's much more appropriate. It's interesting because I could see it in the cat's expression, like the cat would cringe. And it reminded me of the spray bottle uh, how a cat would respond to that spray bottle. It was the same expression. And when I saw that, I cracked up because I was like, wow, that cat looks at that as being such negative behavior. Like, like I can't trust you because you're coming and And she loved putting her red lipstick on top of this orange cat's head, right? And she would take pictures of it. I mean, a lot of people do that stuff, you know. So I know. And these are examples of human, you know, behaviors that are not so great for our cats. You know, we think it's cute. It's punishment. It, it can be, yes. You know, we think it's cute. We're getting a kick out of it. Um, your cat, not, not so much. So think about why you're doing these things. You know, are you trying to make a good TikTok video or do you want to have a good relationship <laughs> with your cat? <laughs> oh, God. All right. So with that said. What else do we need to know about this? And can we do a quick roundup of, of everything? 
we can do a quick roundup. I think this was a terrific session. I just want to put that out there. I think this is something that I get so often in my cat behavior work, and I feel like we're really going to open the eyes of a lot of um, people who watch this and listen to this. So thank you for um, having me do this today. So quick roundup is any anytime you want to get your cat to stop doing something negative and to start doing something positive, you need to give your cat a reason to want to switch from one to the other. You need to give your cat a reason to like this new behavior. So that's number one. And number two is um, you the best method for um, retraining any cat is interactive play with a fishing pole type toy. You being part of the game, um, you providing multiple captures, you providing food after the final capture. And I would say the last point is with any technique, consistency, time and patience are going to be your best friend. Typically, somebody doesn't come to a cat behaviors after the cat did the behavior they don't want two times. People come to a cat behaviors when they're at the wit's end, they tried everything else and the cat has now created or developed a habit. So we need to develop a new habit and that takes time. Think of any habit, bad habit you may have had and how hard it was to undo that one and create a new one. It's not gonna happen overnight. So dear listeners, give it time, give it patience and you will be richly rewarded. Awesome. Dr. Rachel Geller, thank you again for helping us give our cats a happy life because you know they deserve it. They do. Thank you. Thank you.